It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points, and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Welcome to the Love Rugby League podcast, talking life and league for 45 minutes or thereabouts every week of the year. One big in-depth feature interview each week with one of the biggest names in the greatest game and all the big issues as well dissected by the Love Rugby League team. Download us on Spotify, Apple and do please leave a review as well and all the other major podcast providers and make sure to follow Love Rugby League on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for exclusive news and features from right across Rugby League. You can find us online at loverugbyleague.com. This is the Love Rugby League podcast. Keep up with all things Rugby League 24-7. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. Hello, welcome to this week's Love Rugby League podcast, a World Cup semi-final special as we get excited about Australia and New Zealand and, of course, England versus Samoa for a place in the World Cup final in the company of the former Samoa captain from 2000, Mr Willie Poaching, uh, is with us. Willie, always a pleasure. Great to see you. How are you feeling? All good, George. Thanks for having us. Um it's always great chatting. How, how excited have you been since since that quarterfinal win over Tonga? I'm all week. <laughs> I just uh, some family early doors uh, before the kickoff. They came across uh, from Europe. And they drove through from London, from Liverpool to Warrington, and we went and had breakfast in Warrington early doors. And it wasn't until we came out of the cafe about I'd say half past one the change in the atmosphere around the stadium, around Halliwell Jones and how it was building, you could just sense it was going to be a great atmosphere. 
And it wasn't until we turned the corner to the front where the Brian Bevan statue is, you could just see the sea of red. The sea of red, Tongan flags and the fans getting out. And you could hear the horns and the drums and the speakers. And it just set the tone for what was a fantastic day. Because what led after that was uh, what everyone that saw the game would realise was a fantastic challenge of war dances against both teams of the like that I've never seen before to that level, to that magnitude. And it was just fantastic theatre that from that moment to the last whistle, just the whole day went as everybody expected. The performance of all 34 players was outstanding. And I thought Ashley Klein did a great job of managing the game and letting it flow. And it was a wonderful, wonderful quarterfinal. And yeah, I think... Uh, Every Samoan fan has walked away pretty pumped from that ever since and excited for what's to come at the Emirates. Yeah, that experience uh, for me as a, as a neutral, Willie, being in the ground, you know, being fortunate to, to be working at the game, but that, that pre-match, it was one of those you just, you put your phone down, you just get involved in the moment. It was, it was one of the greatest experiences I've been a part of. In, in all my years in, in the sport, it was spine tingling, it was goosebump inducing, and it was it was just it was it was absolutely phenomenal. And then the game backed it up and it it, it, it just brought home. I was driving home from that match thinking that's that's everything that's great about rugby league. The, I mean the, the brutality and the rivalry, but also the emotion, the, the those emotions so powerful and the community spirit and the singing and the the embracing afterwards. I mean, I don't know how you felt going home after the game, but I was pumped. <laughs> yeah, I was pumped, but I was really proud. Like you say, I was proud of single player approach the game. And we talk about uh, the war dancers and how fired up the players were and how they made us feel watching the game and being in the stadium. And I'm sure everybody watching through their TV screens got a sense of that as well. But then afterwards, the shaking of hands and the showing of brotherhood, which is massively important for us and our Pacific community, that we do recognise when it's time to have that intensity and time to realise what we're representing, but the bigger picture of it all and our communities coming together. And I think that's been a massive one. And, and how what's also got me about it is seeing the scenes from back home, both in Australia, New Zealand, in Samoa, uh, the fans driving around in their cars and the parades in each town. and But cars having both flags, people walking around with both flags, that wouldn't have been the case a little while ago, but such as what this game has been able to do and bringing everyone together and the peace and harmony that the players showed after the war dances. But then after the game coming together to do and having a local or having the prayer afterwards, huge. And those guys are doing a really good job and being the role models that our community needs. Focusing on, on the rugby itself, that, that level of performance is what I think most people were expecting of Samoa when they played England four or five weeks ago, albeit they were undercooked. They were you know, straight out of the grand final, straight off the plane. What's what's been the big thing that's that's come together? You know, what's the reason for you behind this 
this huge upturn in the last four and a half weeks? Time. Time, I think, has been an important one. I think Greece came at, at the right time for them. Uh, it was, uh, I'm sure, a tough week after the England game and the England performance and the hype that had been built up going into that game about the team, and, and rightly so, the calibre of player that this Samoa team has been able to assemble is like no other. There's never been a Samoa team with this quality of player coming into the tournament on the form that they have. As you say, uh, a lot of them came straight out of the grand final. So not only are they at the pinnacle of their careers, but they're at the pinnacle of form as well. So they came in with, with the hype and, and it was disappointing up in Newcastle. So to be able to get in the Greece game and find some form and have a great performance against them and then to back that up against France and the way they did, um, that could have been a potential banana skin, the French game. To not only win, but win convincingly and do a great job. And then half battle and, and scraping home with the win against Tonga. I think it's the turnaround in form has been about time and being able to play the games. And as you say, they went into the, the Newcastle game cold. They had no warm-up games. Those guys, had only some of them had only had four or five days in the country. And then they're thrown straight into the cauldron. That was their first game of the opener of the World Cup. So I think time has been important and they've grown. I think each player has got better and better. And to see the likes of Brian Toto and uh, Jerome Luai, those guys that we only watch on, on the NRL from from over here every single week to see that in person and see the quality of player has been enormous for me as, as a rugby league fan, let alone a Samoan supporter. All that makes perfect sense and t- time has been a, a phenomenal <laughs> healer in a very short space of time. But regardless of that, something like that 60-point thumping as it was, that could crush your spirit if it lets you, regardless of how good you know you are. That that could crush you. So, so how how have they managed to almost either shut it out, I don't know, or or use it as a motivator to say, actually, we'll we'll show you what we're really like. And maybe so, um, without really being in the camp and understanding what they've used to drive and motivate the turnaround. Uh, I can just go off, you know, what I've seen and what I've observed. What I've observed being the the ability to be able to score points and score a lot of points against Greece and try and solidify some of the combinations. Uh, they lost a couple of players in that England in the England game, so they had to bring Tim Lafay in, and he went straight in. Uh, Lingi Sal went straight in, so the game against Greece was important for those two. Um, and you could just see every single game they just they've just grown in confidence and. I speak about the NRL boys, but I, I just think what's really got me is the leadership of Jerome Luai. I think he's really grown as the tournament's gone on. And you know, being at the stadium, you're able to see things that aren't always on telly and you've been able to observe his leadership and how he's got the team around. He's, he's allowed Anthony Milford to exploit his running game. He's just given the team some direction. Uh, he's taken a lot of the responsibility of how they're going to play and directing the team off Danny Levi, who's been able to just work tirelessly defensively. And I, I think that's been a big one. You know, they've all become to understand their roles now. 
where they all fit in and what is expected of of each other. And, and again, comes back down to time and practice and what they've been able to do. And because they've got the results on the back of it, they go into this week flying with confidence, I think. Um, you mentioned, like, obviously, you don't really know what's what's going on, Cam. I, I did read you went to camp and then didn't get in. What what, what happened with that one? What, what was that story? Yeah, it, was, it came down to a little bit of a misunderstanding, George. Uh, I sort of got an invite from the chairman. Um, it's organised to go and watch the team train uh, to be turned away. And you know, the coach uh, rung me, apologised uh, to his credit and uh, apologised that he didn't know who I was and thought I was a, a media person. And <laughs> but you are, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't want a reporter at the training session, which I understand. And not only did he ring me, he asked me to meet him. And I went to after the Greece game and, and shook his hand and accepted his apology for uh, for the mistake that was made. Um, was I disappointed coming away from it? Yeah, very much so. I was hurt in the moment and uh, I've taken his apology on board. And But what hasn't changed and what didn't change was my support for the team and the boys. And that's all credit to you, I think. Um, I wanted to ask you about Matt Price. I mean, I don't know how much you know about the guy other than that meeting. It's great that you had that meeting because my first real experience of him um, from the media point of view, and he's been incredibly prickly. Uh, I don't I don't think he's a, the hugest fan of, of having to do media and media conferences, which is in keeping with probably what happened with you. Um, but... Yeah, he's he's quite he's quite hard work. I think he'd be, I think he'd be fairly happy if he didn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. That's most coaches, George. <laughs> well, yeah, <too. laughs> but that's true. But but I know you you I mean you probably don't enjoy doing it, but you recognise it's you know it's part part of the job. You yeah. know, I, I see. Is he is he trying to is he creating like a siege mentality here? Because look, that game, you know, we just talked about on the Sunday. All the Samoa players. They, you know, they were told not to speak to the press. They all just left and got on the coach. And I thought, I'm sure they they would have wanted to. Um, it's almost like he's just he's he's shutting stuff down. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. And you, know, you have to ask him what his reasons are for doing that. And well, I don't think I'd get an answer, mate. <laughs> no, no, maybe not. And some some coaches are like that. And, uh, each to their own. Um, Wayne Bennett doesn't have the greatest relationship yeah. with with the press either. Um, but most of us understand the role that you play and the importance that you have in helping our game grow and spreading the word and uh, using you guys as an outlet to get stories out there and promote our game that way is important to me And but he's got football games to win he's, you know, whilst he said in his uh, interview after the game that they were going to enjoy the evening and think about England the next day. Um, I'm sure by doing that, their focus was already switched on to onto the semi final. And uh, once you say the players probably wanted to do some interviews, uh, I think they were sort of moving on to the next job. Uh, no, you're right. You're right about Wayne Bennett. He's probably Wayne Bennett's probably the best example of that. Actually, I remember when he he got the England gig and uh, he landed off the plane and England. Had arranged to do some kind of welcome media, and I, I was the lucky slash unlucky man who was the appointed to do the first interview with Wayne Bennett on the 
uh, on these shores. And, you know, I'd, I'd been warned what he was like. And I, I went there with my big list. And I was like, you've got 10 minutes with him. I thought, is that all? By the end of the first minute, I was thinking, I've got nothing left. <laughs> I've got nothing left here. <laughs> but I said to him, I said, you don't enjoy doing this, do you? And he said, not really. I said, why? He goes, well, I, I, I prefer talking to my animals at home on the farm because they don't answer back to me. And it's, it's like, it's like there's some kind of mistrust, I think, there. But but you're right. It's For you guys, it's about you, isn't it, and your immediate environment, which is how do I get the best out of these players and how do I get the best result? So for him, the best result is setting up this rematch against England and, and winning it in London. Yeah. And that's his focus, right? And there's, a, and there's an element of protection. You don't want to say something that's going to give them the extra motivation or taken out of context mm. by the yourselves or the opposition. So rather than say anything that you might regret, then don't say anything at all. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, let, let, let's let's talk about rugby. How did Ada Samoa go, go about beating England? I've not looked at the odds, but I'm, I'm guessing that England will still be favourites for this. Oh, yeah, you'd imagine so. You'd imagine you know, they've been fantastic and they look like a really settled camp, a really happy camp. Um, from what I understand, they've not been asked to move. They've stayed and been based in the one place, which has given them some uh, consistency to how they've been preparing. And probably the biggest thing from watching England players, seeing some players reach some season best form, Chris Hill, George Williams, um, Mike Cooper, been outstanding for England. Um, you know, and I, I, I think they'd agree that they've been, you know, Hilly up and down with Huddersfield, George, be disappointed with how things worked at went at, at Warrington this year, but how he's gone for England and his partnership right from that first game with Jack Wellsby, been immense. And, you know, what's really got me is uh, they're still playing footy. They're moving the ball around and kicking smart. Um, Dom Young's been outstanding on the wing. And uh, I just think they're ticking pretty much every box as a team. So Samoa have really got their work cut out this weekend to take on a team that's you know, really flying high and confident. And Sean Wayne's done a great job along with Andy Last. And, I'll give my mum a mention there. Um, done a really good job in, in bringing the team together. And they've had a couple of years now, and he's really enforced his philosophies and you know, what they're saying from the inside is an England way. You know, they all understand what that is. Um, have they been tested yet? Not sure. Not sure. Um, uh, it's probably the one area I see as an advantage for Samoa is the battle-hardened game as well on the back of the bum-smacking that they received in, in Newcastle, um, which you know, I'm hoping doesn't repeat itself, which I'm sure it won't. Uh, what do England need to be most wary of? Where can, where can Samoa hurt or exploit England, do you think? Uh, but the obvious bit is the power, the power and the force of that they have and I'm not just talking about uh, 
Junior Bowler ran for 192 massive meters last week, and very lucky that you know that he's got off his his band and is successful with his appeal last night. So he'll be a big boost. Um, being able to bring Josh Papali off the bench, you know, state of origin player starts for Queensland, but to be able to bring his power and ex- his experience off the bench will be massively important. Um, but they've got those big front rowers there. They've got a couple of pocket front rowers on the wings too. Brian Tall, man, he's, <laughs> he's something else. You know, I think it was against Greece he run for 300-plus metres. Outstanding. And not just his quality, but I talk about it again, being able to watch him on tally but then see him live in person and what he goes through work-wise in the game is phenomenal. And he's not a big fella. He's not a big bloke. So to get through what he does is outstanding, but they're going to need 1-17 to against England this weekend. That's going to be a big one. Um, one area where I think there's a, a big difference, and I noticed it uh, against Tonga, they lapsed at times Samoa in their tackle efficiency and being able to win the rut consistently. And uh, a lot of times, I, you, you're dealing with a different kettle of fish with Tom Lawler anyway. But there were times when Fanua Blake and Kalfusi uh, were able to stand in tackles, which I know is a big one. For Sean Wayne, and that tackle efficiency will be important in the game, and I think that was reflective. I think uh, England missed something like twenty-one tackles, but conceded one tackle in the ruck, whereas Samoa missed twenty-eight and conceded eight penalties, eight six agains in the ruck, and those are important. Those six agains, having to double up on work, and uh, I think there were a couple of times where Tonga got the field position through those six agains or conceding penalties. and They can't give those away this weekend, not against a quality team like England, who, who will kick smart. They'll test sorely at fullback and, you know, test his experience in that position. Uh, what, what's your reading of the other semi-final between New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, I'd, I'd be wary of the Aussies. A lot of media attention has gone back to Aussie, but over here, I think they've just gone about things quietly. There's not been a lot of hype around the Australian side of what they've done so far. And again, they've been uh, pretty cruisy with the performances that they've been able to put in. And they had the Scotland game, and they were great against Lebanon last week. Uh, and they'll be dangerous, but the Kiwis will be fired up. Uh, I think there'll be a bit of a wake-up call after the Fiji game where they just scraped home. Fiji were fantastic. They were phenomenal in that game um, and needed to be. And there may be some some keys in that for how Australia go. Uh, A little bit of what Michael Maguire said after the game, they probably chased the physicality of the game too much, the Kiwis, which will be... You know, something they'll learn from. But I think both semi-finals are going to be crackers. And I'm not sure if teams, if the organisers thought Samoa were going to be there or not. But everyone would have expected the other three to be there. So, yeah, looking forward to things getting started on Friday night with 
at Allen Road with, with Australia and New Zealand. And one of the big dogs getting knocked out. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we're looking forward to it too. Uh, let's just spend a, a couple of minutes talking about you, if you don't mind. I know you're you're loving this tournament. It's, it's been great hearing and seeing you involved in it. But what happens with you afterwards, work-wise? Any, any, any plans in place yet? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking, George, but I'm... I'm also uh, aware that at this time of year, yeah, every team has got their staff placements settled, and um, the game isn't flush at the moment either. So, you know, I understand people aren't going to take any extra staff on board. Um, we've had some discussions, and there is a possibility that we may go home. Right. Uh, um, but we're not 100% sure if the job was to come, then we may reconsider. Um, we're looking at things uh, wherever we can. But, yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm loving what I'm doing and doing a bit of work in the commentary and getting around to the World Cup games has been fantastic and a nice distraction for me. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to find a job sometime soon and we'll make a decision on what we do next uh, in due time. We sort of didn't want to rush into a decision. We wanted to let the emotion of everything that happened at the end of the season go by. And then the World Cup came up and then some work thankfully came up and gratefully to to do what, and thank you for your help in doing some of that. But, I was going to say, Willie, you've got, you've got some good media agents working on your behalf over here. Yeah, I appreciate every single one of them. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I've, if it is time to go, then um, I'm more than proud of what we've been able to achieve on and off the field here. You know what this country's given given us here. Um, but we'll make that decision in due time. How long have you been over here now? Twenty five years. Wow. Yeah, twenty five fantastic years. Wow. Would you would you feel ready to to go if it that that's what is what happened? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, we've spoken about it on and off for a little while, and you, sometimes you just got to make the jump. And whilst uh, it's it's probably fifty fifty at the moment of a mix of excitement and fear. Uh, we're for all intents and purposes English. We, We've lived here, we've settled here, we know how everything works here and everything is whilst New Zealand is home and Australia is home for my wife. It's foreign now and starting all over again. And But the excitement bit is, uh, you know, taking up the challenge of whatever door opens next and being back home, obviously, with, with family and being part of a lot of things that we've missed. Well... Whatever, whatever comes next, mate. Wish you, wish you all the very best with it. Um, Cheers, George. And I, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. Final thought then ahead of uh, ahead of this weekend. Which two teams make it through? Who do you think? Someone New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> is that hard? No, on it? Yeah, it's hard to say, George. It's hard to say. New Zealand will know how to get it done. You know, they're always the dog when it comes 
to play in Australia. And they were my they were my pick, the Kiwis coming into the tournament. Uh, as long as they can score around the post, you know, right? Although Jordan Rapana's goal kicks from the touchline were really important last week, they ended up being massive for them. And I, I think the Kiwis can get it done. Um, my heart is with Samoa this week. Um, but I am sure, like the team, understand the magnitude of the challenge that that's in front of the team this week, both on the field and you know, England being at home, the stadium at the Emirates being packed with English fans. Uh, no doubt it'll be loud, which I'm hoping that the semi-final has that sort of atmosphere for them. But yeah, it'll be a tough one for Salamore, but yeah, I'm hoping the boys have enough in them. Uh, Willie, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and the very best of luck with everything and enjoy the weekend and the final. Cheers, George. Thanks, mate. Will do. Uh, Willie Poaching on the Love Rugby League podcast. Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.